You're listening to Shit Happens When You Party Naked. Not, not suitable. Not, not suitable for work. Finna drop the light and set this game on fire. See me burn to death before I retire. Everybody surprised they spit this hot. Like, how the white boy gets game unlocked. I'm a full blown try to the All right, everybody, welcome to Shit Happens When You Party Naked. Everybody, rub your titties. It is October. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Be aware of that shit. Everybody, rub your titties. Ladies, self exam. Dudes, hey, we get breast cancer too sometimes, not as often as ladies, but we get it. So uh, maybe if you're a dude, feel your titty as well. You know, look out for those lumps. You got to watch out for them titties. I am the host of Shit Happens When You Party Naked. My name is Jason Almy. I'm half of Team Almy. I'm staring dead into the eyes of the other half of Team Almy. Hey. Hey, wife. Hey, hubby. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Although... Now that you ask, yes, it has been a bit of a frustrating, I want to say day, but actually it's been a bit of a frustrating couple of days. Yeah, I think it has been for you. What do you feel like has been the most, most difficult or frustrating, if you were to name, name a list? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe that's something worth unpacking. Mm-hmm. I think that is maybe something that we could... We could uh, unpack a little bit. I'm I'm having a hard time even thinking of what exactly is is getting to me. It feels like a pile of things. So pile of shit. Pile of shit for sure. I mean, it's not it's not a pile of good stuff. It's not Christmas morning. It's it's you know it's frustrations, man. Mm-hmm. Shit. I mean, why don't why don't you maybe throw some things at me and we'll see how I feel because I kind of feel like I need to vent this frustration that I've been carrying with me. And it's mm-hmm. been it's been pretty um it's been pretty good today. Like it's been pretty hot today. Like it's been boiling a little bit. So I feel like there's a simmer within me and I feel like I need to destroy something. So <laughs> I just need to just just I need to mash something up. Mm-hmm. So I need you to like Let's lob some things yeah. at me. You Let's know what I mean? If, yeah, maybe I'll start gentle and We'll just see if anything sticks. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll either yeah. go wild on it or I'll pass. Yeah. So when you woke up this morning, yeah. how did you feel about responsibilities such as showering and getting dressed? Mild annoyances, but... Yeah. Um, Was there any really frustrating part of that? I'll be honest with you. I skipped the shower this morning, so okay. that didn't really... Okay. Doesn't really apply. That That was not... Frustrating to me because I just I just blew right past the shower. Had I decided to take a shower, then it might have frustrated me because you know, I got fucking fucking shampoo, fucking yeah, soap, fucking cracking my ass. Make sure you get under the balls. You know what? Didn't do any shit today. You know Sounds why? Good. I didn't sweat yesterday. So everybody out there who thinks I'm nasty, I didn't fucking sweat. I don't work a job outdoors in the heat. I don't sweat. If I don't sweat, guess what? I'm still fucking clean, mostly. You're still fucking clean. Mostly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go a week like that, but I'll go 24 hours. I'm still mostly clean. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Okay, so how was the experience of getting dressed? Well, my wife took a few of <laughs> my key items to the dry cleaner, which I feel like I can't, I can't bite on that one either. I can't complain about that because I have a wife who cares about me and who, yeah, who cares about me a lot and who does very thoughtful things for me, such as pack my dry cleaning with hers and take it all to the dry cleaning instead of just her doing her clothes and then me being left responsible for my clothes. She is thoughtful and she groups all our clothes together and takes them to the dry cleaner. So even though I didn't have the clothing that I wanted to wear today, given that our CEO was in town for a visit and I needed to look spiffy and my spiffy shit was at the dry cleaners, mm-hmm. I still have to appreciate the care with which my wife treats me. So I can't bite on that one either. I can't complain about that. can't yeah. complain about getting dressed. Yeah. I did make it work. I mean, I still wore a tie. Mm-hmm. I still, in you my opinion, nice. 
Do you think I look I dapper? You look nice. I look, yeah. Okay. If I looked professional, then good. Yeah. And you have Kyle in the room, so he's there to, I mean, he'll make anybody look better. I actually thought about that this morning. I thought, you know what? There's at least one or two dudes who are going to dress worse than me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be good. They're, everyone's going to be looking at them. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't want to mention names or anything. <laughs> I don't think you he can bleep me to. out. Okay. So then you got to, no, then you went to school. How was the overall school experience for you today? And maybe even about like last night. I mean, I okay. want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Actually, I feel like you've just served me up something that I can bite on. That was an underhand? Yeah. No, I feel like that was a really good straight down the middle pitch. I feel like I've got a good crack on that one. I feel like this ball is sailing. It might go out of the fucking park because I can rant about school a little bit. Now I, feel I love like you school. Need to. I feel like I do need to. I love school. Today I had my home ec for adults class. It's a kitchen management class, right? They call it kitchen management because that sounds way better than fucking home ec for adults. But regardless, much of the time in the class is spent either cooking or discussing various methods of cookery, which I appreciate because I love cooking. So I can't rant about cooking. I love cooking. I love the fact that this guy is a legit French chef. He's showing me all sort of shit. I'm learning a ton about cooking, which is a hobby and a pastime that I love. But what I do want to rant about is those stupid fucks that surround me in class. I want to rant about every other kid in this whole motherfucker. There's something like 50 of us, and only one of us has any goddamn brains in between his fucking ears. The rest of these fucking kids, fuck them. Fuck those fucking kids. Bunch of fucking snot-nosed, 20-year-old little shits. I'd like to slap the taste out of their mouth. We were voting today. Next week, we have a lab. We're going to be preparing seafood and poultry. Mm-hmm. Two seafood dishes, two poultry dishes. The chef presented us in class with four recipes each. So about eight recipes the chef presented us with, four seafood, four poultry, right? And then as a class, we voted. I was standing at the front of the class because I always sit up front because I'm a brown-nosing motherfucker. I was sitting in the front row. So the chef asks me, would you mind taking a tally of the hands? We're going to do a vote. Everyone's going to raise their hands. Would you mind writing down the number of fucking hands it raised? Okay, that's an easy task. I can handle that shit. So I turn my fucking chair around. I get my pad out. I write down the names of all the fucking dishes. He asks the class, which ones do you guys want? Of course, these fucking numbskulls vote on the dumbest fucking recipes. Fuck you. The two chicken recipes, the two poultry recipes, we cook, we're baking chicken twice. Who wants to bake chicken twice? You bake chicken twice every fucking weekend. You go home, you bake chicken. Guess what you got in your house? A fucking oven. You can bake fucking chicken on your own time. They turned down duck a l'orange. I wanted to make fucking duck. How often do you get to cook duck? Bunch of fucking 20-year-olds ever never tasted duck before in their whole fucking life. They ain't never had duck cross their fucking lips. I want to cook fucking duck. I am literally... The only person who raised his hand for duck after being the only person who raised his hand for cod cakes earlier and being one of the only people who raised his hand for um, what was the other seafood dish? At any rate, the fourth seafood dish, I was the only I was two people raised their fucking hand with me the whole day. And he's like, man, you're striking out today. I said, I know these kids are making me feel like a fucking asshole for actually wanting to cook something fucking interesting. So fuck all you kids out there. You fucking pricks. You guys can kiss my fucking ass. That was fucking annoying. Your votes fucked my whole world up. I got to bake fucking chicken. Guess what I've done one million fucking times since you were born, you little shit. I've baked fucking chicken, you fucking assholes. I want to fucking cook a duck. I want to cook a duck a la orange. I want to make that fucking orange glaze with the fucking cognac and the fucking orange zest and the orange juice and fucking reduce that shit down to a fucking glaze. And I want to fucking put that all over my fucking duck. Guess what we were going to do? We were going to peel the fucking skin off the duck. We're going to fry the skin till crispy. We're going to cook the breast by itself. We were going to dice the crispy fucking skin and fucking, you hear that? You hear that? That's the sound of me sprinkling crispy fucking duck fat skin all over the fucking duck all the orange. You don't want fucking duck all the orange? Go fuck yourself. Go eat your fucking baked chicken, you punk bitch motherfucker. I think we got a crack. Fade's upset. That one felt like, not only was that a home run, that that felt, <clears throat> I feel like there's like a weight off my chest. I feel like I'm rounding third base right now. I'm on my way home. Because that felt. Do you need some tissues? It was, <laughs> I think this underwear is ruined. 
It was just annoying because these kids were all voting. None of them have any creativity. They don't have any, they don't have that spark of, I want to cook something interesting, not the same shit my fucking mom made every fucking week when I was in high school. I want to make duck. Fuck you guys for not wanting to make duck with me and I'm voting my duck ass. I wanted to make a fucking duck. That's really surprising. That's just, that's really, um, I know. Why would you choose baked chicken? I know. It's interesting shit. I mean, the princess chicken does sound good, and the other chicken dish is a chicken cordon bleu, but it's two stuffed chicken breasts. They're almost identical poultry dishes. He shouldn't have even given us both options because we're talking about we're going to wrap the princess chicken, we're going to pound it out flat and wrap it with cheese and fucking asparagus. The other one, we're going to pound out flat and wrap with fucking ham and cheese. It's literally the same fucking dish with a slightly different sauce. Okay, the princess chicken has a velouté cream sauce. Fan-fucking-tastic. I want to make fucking duck. Fuck you, kids. That was my morning. (laughs) Those are my frustrations before 11 a.m. I was all pre-11 a.m. frustration. Yeah, that's quite the punch. Yeah, it feels a little bit better to get that out. I get that out, you know, like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah wow. I feel okay. like you needed that. That's yeah. very cathartic. So uh, what else? Serve me up another one. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a roll. Let's get it while I'm hot. All right. So that was class. Anything else that happened? No, I, I mean, I only had that one class today. So okay. that was, and that was the very end of the class. So they managed to wait until the very end to annoy me. That's at least good. Yeah, that was so, considerate. Yeah. It was really fucking nice of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I would raise my hand and these fucks, I swear to God, because I was in the front. So when I was raising my hand for the teacher to count, they could all see what I was fucking down for. And I think they did it just to fuck with me. I think it was personal. I think it's personal. I think they did it to fuck with me. And I don't fucking appreciate that shit. That's not fucking cool at all. I don't appreciate that. That's not cool. Do you really think they fucked with you? No, not really. No, not really. No, not really. But I did say in front of the whole class, I was like, great, you guys are making me feel like an asshole. (laughs) And nobody fucking laughed either. Nobody fucking laughed. Like, where's your creativity and your sense of humor in your fucking ass, stupid ass kids? Maybe they're scared of you. All right, so that was... They should be now. That was school. So then um, you got to work. I did get to work, yeah. Yeah, and work. so that, I, I think it was probably minimally frustrating. So w- were there any points during work that maybe became a little frustrating? Or should we skip to the dentist? Which I don't think, work itself was not very frustrating today. Until you dealt um, with your wife? Well, you know, wives do have a tendency of being a bit frustrating, but I'm not dumb enough to bite <laughs> on that one. Okay, I'm not dumb enough to bite on that one. I might be... Pretty dumb, I think, in general, but I'm not dumb enough to bite on that one. We're not, I'm not biting on complaining about my wife irritating me. My wife is a saint. My wife is a gift. Yes, I She's am. She's a fucking joy. So, so how about the dentist? Fuck the dentist. Why is fuck that? The dentist. Fuck, What's, what know. upsets you, you know about what? the dentist? The fact that I have to go. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I have an issue with the dentist, right? I'm not fucking six years old, okay? So I don't have an issue. Questionable. I go to the dentist and it's like, yeah, she starts picking around in there and it's not really pleasant. And she's like, oh, you're bleeding. I'm like, oh, that's funny. You're poking me with a mental instrument. That tends <laughs> to fucking happen. Like when I prick my finger every fucking time, I got to check my blood sugar with the Lancet. I, I tend to bleed when I poke myself with sharp metal objects. And so it's not exactly a shock that my gums are bleeding. So, you know. That's that's annoying, but the fact that I got to go back and then I got to go back again and I go back, it's like are the hours convenient? Not at all, not even remotely. This dental office is not open on Fridays, so I mean, why is that so problematic? Well, because I got fucking shit to do Monday through Thursday, and these cocksuckers can't meet any later than five, so it's like fucking bankers' hours. It's easier for me to get to the fucking bank. Mm-hmm. To, to cash a fucking check. Not that you need to do that anymore because you can do that online, but I can't get my fucking dentist to look at my teeth online. Or any other doctors. Weren't you annoyed because you have so many appointments? Yeah, well, I think it's compounded by the cardiologist and the endocrinologist, and these cocksuckers want to see me like eight times a year, and it's like, fucking hey, man. I only That's got so lot. much vacation time. I'm trying to, I got to come fucking see you every other Tuesday at noon. I mean, fuck it. I'm trying mm-hmm. to work. I got class. I got fucking shit in my life. I mean, come on. What the fuck? What the fuck? But this fucking dentist, she's like, hey, you know, you, you, your gums are bleeding. All right, you're poking me. Well... You know, you should floss more. All right. Well, I tell you what. 
the world would floss. Because it's not just me, right? It's not just me. I'm not the only one who sucks at flossing. Mm-mm. It's true. It's a fucking, they've rehearsed this shit. They know, oh, you got to floss more. That's like a script for them. They just fucking repeat it to everybody. You got to floss more. Because don't nobody fucking floss as much as they need to unless you're a fucking dentist. The only people on the fucking planet that floss as much as they should is the fucking dentist themselves. Let me tell you something. I got a fucking idea. I don't know how it's going to work, but I told that bitch, I said, look, if you want people to floss more, you got to figure out how to, a way to, how to make them come at the end. Because oh. I tell you what, motherfuckers out there be beaten off 10 times a day. You want somebody to floss, help them figure out a way to ejaculate at the end. Because if I come at the end, I tell you what, I'm flossing three times a day. I'm flossing after every meal. I'm telling you what, if you could come at the end of flossing, all of your flossing worries for the United States are solved. Just come at the end of flossing. If you came at the end of flossing, people would fucking floss like you beat off. It's probably a very true statement. You should it is. you should suggest that to them. I just can't figure out a way to make yourself come while flossing. I mean, I guess no. you could try to jerk and floss, but you kind of need both hands to you floss. Do. So maybe you that's know? the so, problem. Maybe they need to have a one-handed floss. Yeah, and even that is kind of like well, they do. We have the one. The, we have those little those flossers. Are those are kind of one-handed. But then you know the other issue is there's not a lot of other stimulation going on while you're flossing. It's like, well, how am I going to floss and jerk and choke myself, for instance? So the dentist is a complete fucking having to go to the dentist today was fucking annoying because I was supposed to go last week. Only the dentist is sick. Okay, fine, she's sick. That sucks. Now we got to fucking reschedule me for today. Only. She wasn't there two weeks ago either because it was like her day off or some shit. All I needed to do is look at this one fucking filling that's kind of hurting a little bit. She's never fucking there when I am. And then the one day she's there, it's not fucking convenient for me. My CEO is in town. I got to fucking be at my desk. What the fuck, dentist? And they're not open Friday. Saturday, out of the question. Fuck you on Sunday. Just go fuck yourself all fucking weekend. At the church. At the church. Outside of the church. Inside the church, in the confession booth, they don't give a fuck. Go fuck yourself. Fuck you on the weekend. And this den is not even, she's Jewish. Who get, the, Sunday doesn't mean fuck all to her. Jewish people don't celebrate Sunday. It's not the Sabbath to them. Fucking Saturday. Oh, fucking Friday too. It's got to be a fucking I know. Wednesday afternoon at four. Fuck that. I don't like businesses. So the dentist annoyed me today too. Yeah. I don't like d- businesses that don't set their hours to yeah. you know cater to no. their to their people like I 100% agree with you because you know what if you go into the dentist that probably means you have some form of dental insurance i would say 9 out of 10 people who go to the dentist have some form of dental insurance do you know what kind of people have dental insurance tell me the kind with fucking jobs Guess what? I got to fucking work so I can have my fucking dental insurance so I can have a fucking insurance company reimburse your ass for making my gums bleeding. Listen, is how it works. One hand washes the other. You got to fucking work with me a little bit. I'm with you. They should be open during times where your clientele finds it convenient to come and get their fucking gums poked on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that's what we do with our job. I mean, we're open when people are available and they're available at night and they're available on the weekends. God damn I find it so fucking annoying too. Fucking annoying. So I honestly, I'm I'm considering just moving to a dentist where I got a Friday. That's why I was- I need a Friday option. I need the Friday option. I like the dentist. I like the dentist. They have these, um, you go to the same dentist, so you probably know what I'm talking about, but they have those- you know those ceiling tiles where mm-hmm. you wind up looking at them because they recline mm-hmm. you all the way in the dental chairs. But they got these ceiling tiles that are like decorated like the sky. So it's like looking up at the sky. And they got little hot air balloons on one of them. But the other one, the sky is like clear. And I keep waiting for them to give me that like nitrous oxide shit and get me fucked up so I can like watch the hot air balloons mm-hmm. travel from like one ceiling tile to the other ceiling That'd tile. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty fucking cool. I know. Yeah. Every time I go in there, they never, they never get me fucked up. I told the lady, look, I'll tip you. Do I got to tip you? I'll come in. I'll bring $20. Get the nitrous shit out. Let me take a few huffs and watch the thing move while you make my gums bleed. Then I don't give a fuck. I won't complain as much if you just, you know. I'm sure you will. I would complain a little bit, she but if I'm... Gets, she 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 reads between the lines. Yeah, well, if I'm fucked up on the laughing gas, then, you know, I can't complain too much. I don't remember the, the balloons. I always remember they have this one that has this nice little um, motivational 
Yeah, the motivationals mm. between like the two balloons. One. Yeah, oh, it's got okay. these little. So it's got yeah, it's got the um, it's got the ceiling tile with the hot air balloons. And it looks mm-hmm. like you're looking up at some hot air balloons. Then it's got the motivational tile in between them. Then it's got like the open sky. And I'm always waiting for the hot air balloons to like travel across, maybe behind the motivational quote one, and then appear on the other, maybe the other eat sky. Some gummies before you go in. That's what I'm saying. Who here gets fucked up when they go to the the? Well, we know who gets fucked up before. What was that appointment where the lady had shooters? Oh, yeah, that was my optometrist. Yeah, I didn't mention that one. I got the fucking optometrist too because I got the retinopathy. They got to look at my eyeballs. They got to fucking put needles in my goddamn eyeballs because of fucking retinopathy. Yeah, that lady wanted to give me a shooter before that fucking needle to the eyeball. And I would have took it if it was a needle to the eyeball. I didn't get a needle to the eyeball that day. But if I was going to get a needle to the eyeball that day, I would have taken that fucking shot. I would have fucking thanked her for that rum shot. I would have kissed her ass for that little rum chata shot before getting a needle to your fucking eyeball. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that too. Oh, I wanted to tell you a story. You wanted to tell me a story? Yeah. What's the story about? Is it like uh, The Princess Bride? You're going to read to me? It's going to be like a swashbuckling tale of romance? I think it's a little bit of a horror story. Oh. So. Okay. So I was sitting in the living room tonight. I was doing This evening. Recently. This evening. Yep. I was... On my computer, I think I might have been on the call with my patient. Okay. And I look over and Sade, our cat, jumps up on the futon and he has this crazy look on his face. Yeah. And he does this thing where he his ass is down and he's like scooting forward. So he was like dragging his ass, you mean? He, yes. Do you know why cats do that? Um, I don't know. Is it his itchy bum and he doesn't have thumbs to scratch it or what? No. So why do cats do that if it's not an itchy asshole? often they have something hanging off their bum. Hmm. So um, is this a horror story that ends there or does the horror continue? <laughs> um, it continues. Oh. So let me guess, was there something hanging from his bum? There was. And it's now spread across the blanket? See, that's the horror part of the story is I don't, I can't find, can't find it. So I did look at his bum Mm -hmm. and he did have poop on his bum. Mm. So I got a paper towel and I wiped his bum and I wasn't able to get all of it because he was squirming. So then I got a tissue and he was on the floor. And so then I wiped his bum some more and he started to purr. Well, (laughs) that's a sensible response actually. That I understand. <laughs> and so then I was looking on the blanket where he was rubbing his bum, and I didn't see any brown spots. Oh, yeah. So there no was, need to wash the blanket. There then. was litter. Just, yeah, it's good. And But it makes me wonder where the fuck did the poop go. So I feel like we should definitely wash that blanket. Yeah, I feel like we should... And um, watch your step. Yeah, I feel like we should uh, maybe... Wash that blanket now. I think that thing has like an hour before we just have to burn it. We can't even wash it anymore. We just have to burn it. So uh, maybe we should take a brief break and (laughs) throw that thing in the washer because that's just unsettling and that just adds to my list of (laughs) bullshit. When we come back from our break, we're going to be joined by Ken Weaver. Ken Weaver is the author of Massive Potions. It's a web comic that you can find on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. He uh, also has a website. It's massivepotions.com. So there are tons of places online for you to find this man's web comic. It is a post-apocalyptic beer comic. And it is a very interesting uh, four-panel, pretty traditional comic strip uh, for adults, of course, dealing with beer and the occasional profanity. So he fits right in on our show. And um, we're going to have a chat with him about what got him into that, what... What inspired him to do a comic book about beer and a brewery at the end of the world? Mm. A post-apocalyptic, a nondescript, undefined post-apocalyptic future. All we know about his post-apocalyptic future is that the world was turned into a smoldering dumpster fire by a bunch of dickbags. That's all we know about it. But I want to find out more. So we're going to talk to Ken Weaver here when we return. Exciting. Uh, while we are gone, I'm going to leave you with a nice little promo. We are playing the NSFW Fantasy Football League. That is where all of us NSFW podcasts, our friends, such as 
Hashtag no offense. Just the tips of memoir. Um, Bicker bots. Uh, Sip and swear. Simmons and more podcast. These drunk bitches. And I mentioned them specifically because they are the ones who defeated us this past week. So please enjoy their promo while we take a break and decide whether or not we are going to wash or burn this blanket. We'll be right back with Mr. Ken Weaver. These drunk bitches, everybody. Hey, fuckers, if you're listening to this right now, you are listening to a pretty dope podcast. However, if you want to listen to an even doper podcast, you should listen to these drunk bitches who have a lesbian, bisexual, and a straight girl who are classy as fuck. As fuck. When guys are circumcised or uncircumcised, oh, it's, it's got the fucking hat, the, the witch's hat. Fuck you. Like, I think that's where I got my anger issues from. So you, it'd be like the Olympics. You'd have to train your ass off. Like when I was 21, my tits were always out. I was having a good time. I don't think you understand how much I, I want to know this, Jessica. What is deeper, your butthole or your vagina? I bite us America. Dominant in the bedroom, but not in the drive-thru. And the big old titties that like to dance in my face. <laughs> my dick is raw, girl. <laughs> For your weekly dose of booze and boops, check us out on most podcast platforms and social medias at These Drunk Bees. Bye, bitches. <laughs> I feel like you got to get to know somebody for at least five or ten minutes before you can pull off the sugar tits. In this day and age, the Me Too age, hashtag Me Too. I mean, you can't just call someone sugar tits right off the bat. It's crazy. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah, I, I'm learning. I'm learning real quick. <laughs> yeah, so... Indeed, we'll we'll make it official. Welcome to Shit Happens when You Party Naked, Mr. Ken Weaver. We are very happy to have you on. And as you uh, may have already learned, this is kind of anything goes. You can say whatever you want. I mean, I would caution you against like racial and ethnic slurs, but beyond that, anything goes on this podcast. I think I'm pretty safe. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> good. So uh, you are uh, both a beer writer. And now, maybe more recently, a uh, creator of a webcomic. And I wanted to talk to you about both of those things. But I suppose we'll start off with the beer writer. You've been doing that longer, right? You were a beer writer first. Yeah, that's been, I mean, that's sort of been my bread and butter work-wise for like, I don't know, like 10 years at this point. So that's been my, you know, my main job. Yeah, and that doesn't sound like a really terrible job. Actually, fuck my guidance counselor. She was a hack. I had no idea that beer writer was even an option. What the fuck? I mean, I think mine would be a little disappointed with me, but I think like it's, you know, you, you do what you got to do. I'm like I think I mean, for me like I I would not encourage people to quit their day job and go do this sort of thing, but if it's, you know, for me it's it's something I love. It's something I've, you know, managed to make enough of a buck out of to to keep doing for a while. Um, and you know, you just, it was sort of what I really wanted to do. It was, I was finding my people there. I love the beer scene. Um, and you just, you know, I just sort of went down that rabbit hole for, for a long time. Yeah. So how does one get into beer writing? Let's say that there's a listener out there who maybe they're not ready to quit their day job yet, but they're thinking <laughs> this could be like a good thing to moonlight as I could get, I want to dip my feet into beer writing. Um, how did you get your start writing about beer? I mean, I probably got it started like maybe a dozen years ago. Um, you know, you usually if you're if you're doing any sort of freelance writing, you're just trying to get your foot in the door. So you you meet people at an event, you meet somebody who runs a beer magazine or a beer blog or something like that. I was on the East Coast and I met somebody at a a beer event at Brickscaler, and that you know just led to an option to write you know really some simple-minded articles that I really did wasn't even good, you know, like that I sort of stumbled through, but you just, you, you, you make that first connection, you get, you get paid for something small and you just sort of work your way up and figure it out. I think that's, I mean, that's the general way up the ladder in most of these freelance things. I see. So did you have to do some writing on spec first to kind of say, here's what I can do and kind of shop that around or, um, did you manage to make these connections and then do some writing? It's kind of a combo. I mean, I think I had been doing I had been doing some like blog stuff just with uh, you know some some beer folks around here that I'd been you know that I'd been friends with, and so so I was getting you know potential clippings, just things that I could you know just to show I could speak some bit of the language and that I you know had my had my feet settled. But I, I originally got into it just because I was I was part of the community. Like I was I was on one of the main beer sites. I had you know I'd met a ton of people in the beer scene, and I just I really liked it. 
I mean, people, you know, especially early on, if you were geeking out about beer, like, yeah, you, you, <laughs> it attracted a particular type of person that, you know, was willing to give that extra effort. So it's just that's sort of how it all came to, came together. So, you know, for me wanting to write, that was a good, that was a good landing spot. Yeah. I mean, I guess that you can blend your dual loves if you love writing and you also enjoy craft beer. I mean, why not? It's a, it seems like a, a good avenue besides becoming a brewer and, and kind of making it yourself. It's another kind of creative outlet in that industry. It's an interesting space. I mean, I think there, there's not too many of us inhabiting this this space. I, I, I'm not. I would not encourage folks to necessarily, you know, imagine there's like tons of money out here. But there's, you know, there's tons of niche publications. It's an increasingly interesting space. Um, and you just sort of figure out how to make a go of it. But it's definitely, you know, it's a it's a grind like, like anything else, I think, on the freelance side of things these days, especially anything that relies on print. So, but it's, again, you're hanging out with beer people all the time. It's It's pretty fun. Do you always focus on like writing about craft beer or do you dip into like the Coors Light realm? The InBev realm. I think we tend to sort of gravitate towards what interests us. And for me, like that's never been like the big beer stuff has never been, it's never been my space. Like it's never been what I, I think about nor sort of what my mind, like I, I just, there's people who love paying attention to that business side. And I just, I don't know. I pay attention to it in the context of how it's affecting the overall market. But like, I just find myself, I like, I like interviewing people that are sort of wired like me and that I want to talk to. So, you know, you sort of gravitate to particular types of stories, particular types of angles. And I've never, I know I just kind of bounce around a lot, but you just, you're kind of trying to, you know, you're trying to tell those stories that, that are interesting to you and that sort of, you know, that are kind of where you're trying to go with your, your work. Like I would think like a comparison or just like the views of how people look at say Bud Light versus craft. I feel like if people like craft, types of beers there's almost like a i i pinch my what animosity they're too good for the yeah the too, stuff yes yeah, yeah yeah do you find That's that why i won't drink bud light with your dad <laughs> i think there's a big danger there i mean i think i think there's like you're not going to find a beer geek that doesn't like do something stupid like that but i think at the end of the day like we have to be conscious of the fact that like some of this beer is expensive. Some of this is a, a socio, you know, ethno, ethnographic sort of like split. Like people like feeling fancy. Mm. I mean, we just, we just kind of, that's just a human thing, but I think it's, it's really at our detriment to do that kind of shit. Like I, I, I don't think you're going to, unless I'm really doing something stupid, you're not going to find me like taking shots at somebody for what they drink. That's never been like my bread and butter. And it's never been something that's like, like that's just not, I don't know, that's not why we're here. <laughs> I think you can, you know, we're trying to find our people, you know, I think we're trying to look for, you know, people who are consuming and, and engaging with stuff the same way that we are. But like, I think when you start throwing up balls like that is when you start to see some of the, some of the worst parts of our industry right now, like that kind of, that kind of stuff. I mean, where I come from, like most people are not spending, you know, 20 bucks on a four pack of beer. So I think I have to keep that in mind to not be an asshole. <laughs> that does get some folks as they see, how much you can drop on some craft beer. Holy <laughs> shit. I had no idea until my husband yeah. started drinking it. That stuff yeah. is so fucking yeah. expensive. She was like, you spent $130 at fucking Trillium. I was like, hell yeah. 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 And it's like, and it's, and it's fun. It's, it's, you know, for, for how much fun it is, it's still like, it's affordable fun. It's not like stupid ass fun. Like it's, you know, just close to stupid ass fun in terms of that level for a lot of people. And I think that's, you know, that's a big part of the excitement. Like it's fun to go, check out that stuff that's like limited you get to hang out with people that you know are enjoying the same things you're into like it's a fun scene now you've mentioned a few times you've said the word story you you've mentioned um kind of what you're getting into writing wise i, I want to i guess i want to dig into this just a little bit because there may be listeners out there that think a beer writer writes reviews on beer exclusively but it sounds like there's a lot more to the beer writing that you do than simply reviewing a new beer, right? I mean, there's there's a story to be told here, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of my work uh, for maybe the past three years, like I had been doing some reviews, but like that's not the fun stuff. Like, I mean, you can only I think you can only you can do that for a long time, and I could probably keep doing that for a long time. But I think like if you're serious about doing this kind of stuff and, and, and doing the nonfiction type of stuff, I mean, you're looking to, you're looking to tell those more complicated stories. You're looking to get into the people side of things. I mean, how, how people are making their decisions, like how they're, how and why they're doing shit in this industry, the way that they're doing it. And I think that, you know, 
for me, I've been slow to try and take on some of that stuff because I've been trying to get you know better at doing this. But I think like, but that's the good stuff. Like that's the, I mean, that's the really interesting stories that we're, you know, we're sort of trying to get to. Um, and beer reviews are fun, but like, and I do, I'll do like you know, 500 word, I've been doing 500 word beer reviews for a client for like yeah. you know, four or five years at this point. And like, I can do that all day, but it's, it's not necessarily getting you to that thing that you're really trying to you know, spend your time doing. I can understand that. I, I feel like, um, insofar as craft beer is an art, there's so much artistry involved, um, that you do want to tell those kind of personal stories about the people who are bringing this stuff out who are who are making this uh, art so to speak yeah i mean they're the interesting things i mean the, the people i mean the beer's great like the beer's you know delicious but but if there wasn't that personal thing like we wouldn't we would not give a shit about this stuff <laughs> I mean, we just wouldn't um so i used to be a um a wine connoisseur and one thing that i would always like gravitate towards is a fun bottle of like a fun label and i've noticed that beer especially the craft beers have fun interesting um yeah is that um i would say i I just assume that's a big thing for the whole um i don't know the the adjectives to use but the experience and how people select is that true like people like that's one of the reasons why the beer companies do do that as well because i mean a lot of people aren't going to always know these labels yeah, no, and I, I think I mean I think you're you're dead on to it. I mean I think that's the I mean I, I think there's I think there's folks in my industry that don't necessarily notice that if they're not on Instagram or or shopping you know in the same way that we might. Um, but I think that visual arms race is is very much a big part of beer right now. And I think I think if anybody's paying attention, if you're paying attention to hazy IPA, you're paying attention to what's happening on Instagram. I mean this is a you see the fact that we have glitter beers, that we have hazy IPA, that we have charcoal activated stuff. Like the fact that so much of these things are like visual things, like that's, that's part of the whole thing right now. And it's like, what is that can, you know, what does that 16 ounce can feel like picking up? Like, is this, am I having fun? <laughs> and like, if you can, you know, if you can, if you can make that happen in a, in a packaging format, like, you know, that's where a lot of the competition is at right now. Um, you know, as much as I don't want to say that, that's that's, that's very true. Yeah, I, I can see that with the space becoming more and more crowded over the last few years. With the the, the craft beer has just been exploding. That goes without saying. So the space gets more and more full as more craft breweries open up. I feel like there's one opening up every fucking weekend, but uh, it feels like they they also have to compete with you or, or compete for your business visually with each other. I think everybody's trying to. I mean, I think everybody's trying to. Um, get your attention. I did want to ask you uh, real quick. You've mentioned a few times that you would not recommend quitting your day job to become a beer writer. So I have to ask you, seems like there's some good pros to beer writing, like free beer. What are the cons? What are the downsides to being a beer writer? I mean, I think there's not, uh, there's, there's just not much of a market. I mean, I think there's, I think there's maybe a, a, a like a dozen of us there's, there's more than that i mean there's there's probably a few dozen in the country right now but um you know just i think relative to most other things you could focus on uh, a lot of the money has shifted away from you know larger print gigs to more digital stuff and so there's just you know there's there's not a ton of money in that space um unless you want to be creative and sort of start your own thing it's really hard to 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 realize sort of I don't know, to realize any sort of anything stable long term a moment ago, you mentioned uh, creating something of your own. You have recently done that. Earlier this year, I believe, you created a uh, webcomic called Massive Potions. Yep. Yeah, I started uh, in February of this year. Fantastic. That's about when I started reading it, too. So I guess I jumped on pretty early. What made you want to start a comic? I've been trying to get this, you know, I think uh, a lot of the characters and stuff that's in here, like I've been sort of chasing this thing for, I don't know, like 10 years. Like uh, I started doing creative writing way back and have been, I don't know, I've been trying to figure out what that's supposed to be for a while. I wanted to make fiction. So I was doing the beer writing stuff, learning a lot of stuff there, but I think, you know, at the back of my mind, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what's my play to do my, you know, my creative thing, the thing that I'm you know, trying to tap into the story that I'm trying to, trying to get to. So I think for me, this has just been, you know, I've just kind of been putting the pieces together. I didn't, I didn't start drawing until, you know, like a few years ago, like that was kind of, 
new. That wasn't expected. So I didn't, I didn't ever see that as being a piece of this, uh, but it was kind of a necessary piece. So I've just been, I don't know. I thought I was going to be a graphic novel like a year ago, if you asked me, I mean, I've got, <laughs> I've got like mock-ups for all this shit that I never thought I'd draw, but like, uh, it just kind of became a comic and I could, I could deal with that. Like I could, I could, I could fuck that up a lot and it wouldn't be a big deal. And I think, uh, you know, for me, it was just kind of, it's, it's felt like the space that I've been trying to get to. So I've just been, you know, since February and you were, I mean, I think you, 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 you're one of the first people to, to sort of really connect and sort of reach out. Um, you know, I've yeah. been just trying to figure out how to make a comic for the last like seven or eight months, uh, publicly, uh, often not necessarily successfully, but somewhere we're getting somewhere. And I think that's, you know, that's just sort of been the direction that things have taken me as of late. Fuck yeah, I'm very uh, gratified to hear that I am an OG of Massive Potions. <laughs> you definitely are, and I, and I appreciate the hell out of it. I mean, we've been, it's a weird vibe. We do, we do some fun stuff, but it's like, uh, it, it's not for everybody, and it's supposed to not be for everybody, so. Yeah, I get that. I mean, um, I obviously, as, as a youngster, I read a shit ton of comics, but they were mostly, um, you know, the superhero stuff, you know, Batman, X-Men, that type of shit. And even as a young lad, I think if you'd asked me in fifth or sixth grade, I would have told you that I wanted to grow up to to draw comic books one day in the future, which never wound up happening. I did go to art school and wound up drawing a ton of cocks. I drew so many cocks <laughs> and really hairy ladies. I drew ladies with armpit hair. There's, there's money in cocks, man. There's money in drawing cocks. I, I'm not sure about the webcomic stuff, but there's money in that. Well, there's definitely money in cocks. I don't know if there's money in drawing cocks, but there's money in cocks. It's, you can, there's a lot of porn stars. There's money in cocks. It's probably better than beer writing. So the word cocks is an acceptable term, but sugar tits were. Calling you sugar tits is a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Just saying cock is kind of second nature to most of us. <laughs> I could call the ether sugar tits and that would be fine. I think it's, it's a very different different oh, different space. Yeah, it's a very I different see. space. So. so That makes sense. It sounds like drawing for you has been a more recent thing. This is Drawing is something that you took on yep. to make the comic come to life, but it, you started out more as a writer. So did you have to teach yourself? How did you teach yourself the, the art side of things over the last few years? Uh, I've I kind of really got into uh, online videos and shit. I mean, I feel like the, the, the nicest thing is kind of like almost anything you want to teach yourself. You can, if you, if you have a sense of sort of where you want to go with it, like you can find really good materials. Um, I had been, I'd actually been doing, I've been doing this for you know beer writing and just you know, journalistic stuff too. But there's a site called uh, Lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com, and they have like mm. everything. I mean, yeah. they have like I mean, they have every any kind of any kind of graphic design stuff you want to do. Any you know, drawing drawing comics, drawing drawing layout, designing, you know, doing design things, uh, balancing your freaking checkbook. Uh, I've done like negotiation classes. Like they got everything on there, and so I've just done a ton of classes. And I think when I needed to you know, when I need to, to reach out and have somebody teach me from scratch, like how to do some of this stuff, like that was, that's perfect. Like I can, I can watch somebody do something and like mimic it like all day. So, um, it was really helpful. I, I, I think everybody tries to find like what works for them. And like those videos have been just golden for me in terms of trying to, trying to get up to speed quick. And I'm, I'm taking notes. You said hostage negotiation. That sounds pretty badass. <laughs> I think the hostage was an addition in uh, no uh, just just regular negotiation though I I imagine you could apply it to hostages too. Yeah, cuz if you became a, <laughs> a, a a graphic artist, graphic novelist, hostage negotiator, I imagine that would be pretty cool. I mean, honestly, some of my some of the checks for beer writing feels, you know, getting some of those feels like hostage negotiations, <laughs> so like it's there's some pretty clear overlap in my mind too. So, yeah, it's it's, it's an applied skill. Yeah. So, where do you do your art? Is that um is that something you do uh, kind of old school with uh, the 2B pencil and a pad? Or um, do you prepare the, the art side of the comics on like a tablet? I don't think I could do much of shit with like a pen and a paper right now, to be honest. I mean, I could. Like I've just – I kind of immediately gravitated into a digital space like in – I don't know. I'd been, I'd been interviewing some, some, some label folks and beer writers, some like beer label illustrators and stuff. And they had turned me on to – uh, the iPad pro with the pencil stuff and, uh, and using procreate yeah. and like, shit, I, I just started using that and I went down that rabbit hole and I mean, you can have as many layers as you want, give or take. And it's just like, um, especially if you're just sort of trying to learn to draw, like it was, you know, I could just add another layer if I needed to, to sort of clean things up a bit. And so I, I went down the digital drawing path pretty hard just because, just because my skill wasn't, you know, wasn't up to snuff to do this uh, by hand yet. So I'm kind of developing those skills, yeah 
with the iPad now, and it's making it work. Do you feel like the mechanics are somewhat similar, though? I mean, I understand that the the technology, and and this is coming from a guy who I have an art degree, as I mentioned earlier, with all the cock drawing I did. I paid thousands of dollars to draw cocks. I really wish I had known about Blender. I may, I may, I may switch yeah. to that. I don't know. It sounds, it sounds lucrative. It's not all it's cracked up to be. You, you come home and you're like, I'm really tired of looking at naked people. Um, I tell you what, my my Google search history was fucking clean those years. It was a clean search history. There was no porno searching whatsoever. I was coming home. I was going straight to church after that fucking class. But so I wish I'd known about Linda back then and I could just learn to draw what I wanted to draw. I wouldn't have to suffer through drawing homeless ladies, um, hairy crotches. But I feel like mechanically, even if it's, if it's, a, it's a different media and the technology I think affords you like you don't ever run out of paper. You can ball it up and throw it away figuratively and just start over again fresh on the on the tablet and not fill a garbage can up with paper. But um, do you feel like mechanically, I mean, you're making kind of the same hand motions. You're still using a, a stylus, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm aggregating some sort of skills. It's just I, I haven't even had time to like switch back to paper and pen. I don't, I don't even know. Like, you know, last time I, I did anything on pen was maybe like a year ago, aside from like doodles and stuff for some of these early sketches. So, um, I'm, I mean, they have to apply. I, I, if I, if I, I think you're practicing one way or another. I don't, I don't, I know that people have very sort of strong opinions about that divide. And I'm, I've never, I've never been someone to have really strong opinions like that in beer or in that kind of stuff. So I, I think for me, I'm just pragmatic about like, I, I need to figure out what I need to do to make this work and make these things yeah. come out. So I, I need to just figure out, you know, whatever works is, is pretty good by me. So, yeah, I definitely, um, I can appreciate that. I think, especially if your, uh, model for distribution is going to be digital, you're going to be, um, uploading this to a website like you do and, um, pushing that over to, uh, cross post on things like Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. Um, it makes a certain amount of sense to make the artwork digital because if you do it the old way by hand, you're dealing with now you've got to make high resolution scans of this artwork to digitize it. And you're adding extra steps to the process that um, maybe just doing it digitally from the get go and then being able to arrange the art elements as you wish them to be in the final product might, might actually be saving you a little bit of headache. Yeah. And I feel like for me, it's just, it's, it's, it's the process, especially right now. I think it's just, it's just getting stuff down and making this part of the process easy. And I think just for me, just trying to keep pushing through, I think this is like, you sort of pick your battles. Uh, and, and I think long-term, long-term, I want to be able to do this on pen and paper. Long-term, I want to be able to do, you know, like to develop all these skills. But for now, like you sort of you figure out what works and what you can actually make, you know, like actually make what you want work. I think for, for, for some of this transition stuff too, like it's just easier for me to, it's easier to fuck up. Like I don't have like all these like, you know, old markers and all this stuff. Like I'm making a terrible mess right now. And I think it feels a little bit less wasteful to do it digitally than, than yeah. to do it even more, you know, the more obvious pile after the fact. So I think it just helps. It makes, yeah. it frees me up a little bit more. I think there's less of a, there's less of a bar. I think, I think so much of this is about just being willing to freaking do it and like put the shit down and like make it. And I think the, the fewer things that I put before myself to like get this stuff done, the better. I can appreciate that. Um, you want to remove those barriers to, uh, you actually just starting. Cause that's, that's the key is just kicking it off even if it's not perfect at first you know you got enough of that shit already like jesus i got enough of those hurdles inside like i don't need to i don't need to make more of them for myself so you just try and be like am i just you know am i just taking myself out at the knees doing this like you just you move on you're just like all right we'll, we'll come back to figuring this out completely so yeah so one of the things that really pulled me in about massive potions was just the i guess the unusual setting is one way to put it it's it's Really a very odd comic on paper. Um, the beer and brewery theme kind of makes a certain amount of sense given who you are and, and your, your other life. But um, why the post-apocalyptic setting? <laughs> the post-apocalyptic thing is funny because I'm like, I'm, you know, I, I'm still trying to figure out how to talk about this the correct way. You know, you're starting like a project and you're still, you're still figuring out the vocabulary to sort of really get across what you're trying to do yeah because i don't have zombies i don't have like i don't have some of these things like nobody's trying to eat anybody's brains but i do feel like i feel like a lot of this is ultimately informed by sort of what i've seen in the beer industry and so i think i've sort of intuited what kind of where a lot of this industry is headed 
towards and sort of what it feels like and just sort of trying to pack that vibe into this space. And I think for me, like, you know, if, I don't want to get too into the nitty gritty about what the comic's about, but I think like, you know, there's certainly something to be said about like trying to make this weird thing work in the middle of nowhere. Like that's, that's a very, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm seeing all throughout my yeah. industry is like people, you know, they got a weird idea, they got a certain vibe to them and they want to see if they can like, give that legs and like that's a very familiar sense of things and i and i respect the shit out of people going out there and doing it so i think for me like this just felt right like this felt like the right setup to sort of get where i'm trying to yeah. go with this which i'm still figuring out but i think this was the you know, you're just trying to find the right box i see so you are not prepared to make a grand statement but it wouldn't be incorrect for me to <laughs> for me to assume that that uh the the comic has allegorical elements that it's uh, a bit figurative and that uh it's a little expressive absolutely i mean because the art certainly is I'm, I'm certainly trying to get to some things that i could not get to with my own like nonfiction stuff but i think that's just true in general but i think there's things about the beer industry right now that are not like there's just a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of stuff going on in our world. There's a lot of stuff going on in the beer world and i think like i'm definitely i'm definitely trying to use this comic as a way as a way to talk about those things i think i'm still figuring out how to do that and how to do that effectively. But I'm definitely, I'm absolutely thinking about the beer world. I'm absolutely thinking about sort of the shape that's taking and, and sort of what it means for, I don't know, for it's, there's just so much weird shit going on in the industry. <laughs> and I think I'm just trying to process that. So it's a lot of, it's just a lot of things. I think that's cool that you have one, one arm that is more nonfiction. And then you have this other side that almost it's more you're exploring, you're kind of taking this other approach to demonstrate or just kind of talk through what's going on. That's I think that's cool. It's, it's, it's trying to find that right gear. And I don't, you know, like you can do so much in nonfiction yeah. and I just, you just get that, you know, it's just like anything people are, want to do. Like they're just like, this, mm -hmm. what I, this thing I'm doing isn't quite getting me to, 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 to access that space. And I think like the nonfiction stuff is very it can be very dry. Like I can feel myself being dry sometimes. Like I feel like I'm not like, I'm not as energized about like just certain mm -hmm. stuff anymore. And you're trying to get to that stuff that you're really excited about. And I think, uh, you know, this, yeah. I'm excited about this shit. I really want to make this world. I want to figure it out. I want to figure out these, these controls. And I think, uh, it allows me to talk about beer more freely than I could even during nonfiction because you're, you're, you're just, you're talking about an emotional space. You're not talking about like nonfiction shit. It's just a very different world. And it makes a certain amount of sense with the, the current storyline, the, the brewing trials and stuff like that in the allegorical sense <laughs> that, um, you know, you do when you're, when you're setting up a small brewery, are, are you going to make it or not? It seems like there are a lot of trials that a small business person just coming out into the world like that is going to have to face. So I really like uh, approaching it as a uh, kind of a figurative um, statement about it's like uh, an underlying truth, like, but yeah. you're just creating a story about it, like yeah. characters and stuff. I think it's trying to get to it. I, I think there's a desire to be honest about this. Like there's a desire to access the shit that I'm going through, the stuff that the people that I care about are going through. And I think like that, like if you look at the best comics, like, you kind of have to go down that road to a certain degree and you have to sort of figure that space out. And I think, you know, that's requires having a lot of shit together to make that work. And I think, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to keep it distance from what, you know, the behind the scenes putting the comic together are, but like, I think there's certainly, certainly a desire to be vulnerable. There's a desire, like I'm going through some of this shit. My people are going through some of this shit. Like I'm surrounded by, you know, like I have I'm surrounded by really kind, wonderful people, but like everybody I know is going through, something that's fucked up right now, like something, something weird, something they're not super pumped about, something that feels like, you know, the sand's trying to cover them up. Like everybody's got something like that. And I think it's just, yeah. I don't know, there's just so many you know, painfully relatable things out there right now. I think to just sort of try to get to that thing that you're feeling rather than like just, you know, just know, whatever other, whatever else you could do. I think just trying to get to that thing that you're going through, the thing that your people are going through and that like, um, you know, just trying to find that space yeah. because I think there's something to getting to that. So I think that you mentioned the vulnerability. I think that the, the being vulnerable and I think being open in that way is, is crucial for an artistic endeavor. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that that's what makes it uh, genuine to mm -hmm. the, the people who wind up reading it or and consuming relatable. it. 
relatable. Yeah. 100%. Perhaps that's part of what draws people into, to massive potions, because uh, I mean, I think if you look at it on paper, I think if I tried to describe it to a friend and say, well, it's a comic, it's a four panel. It's a sort of like your traditional comic strip. Yeah. They they, no, they say, they still say shit and fuck. So it's kind of like an adult one. It's about beer and it's it's post-apocalyptic, but you don't really know what the apocalypse was or when it was. It's not really important what actually happened to fuck the whole world up. There's no real backstory, but it's just this kind of, and yeah, there's a cat that talks and there's a, mm-hmm. a demon sword. And, and yeah, so like, there's a big cow that talks too that they meet about halfway through <laughs> and they bring him back to work at the bar. And, and they're trying to make this beer, but then they got to face all these trials. And I think most people would look at me and be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Where did you find this? But it, it, I, it really does seem to work I, when, when you actually check it out and read it. I feel like some of those choices are probably important. See, because I was like, oh, you're so good at talking about this. I need to hire you. <laughs> it's clearly. Hey. He's up for sale. Yeah. It's hard to talk about. I think it's hard. I, I think I made it a little bit too hard to talk about sometimes. And we're trying to get it to that little bit easier to talk about space. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly difficult to describe succinctly, but I don't know that that's necessarily a strength because I don't think that I've ever really tried to describe massive potions to anyone. I think I've just tagged them in the posts and just said, read this, you know, just, yeah. just look at it and you read a few of these and you either dig it or you don't dig it. But if you dig it, then I don't really need to spend 10 yeah. minutes telling you what it's like before you go check it out. And I want to encourage people to check it out. That's the point of broadcasting this podcast is to encourage people to check out Massive Potions. You've made it extremely available. You've got your website. That's massivepotions.com. Am I correct? Yep. There's also Instagram, Massive Potions. It's on Facebook. You're on Twitter as well. So, I mean, there's really... It's all over the internet. You can find this. And we have our newsletter too. We got a we got our weekly newsletter that goes out on Wednesday. So Yeah, so sign up for the newsletter. You can do that on the website. A moment ago you mentioned great comics. What are your artistic and or storytelling influences in that space? Mm. <laughs> I mean Cal- I mean I think Calvin and Hobbes for sure. Um, some I mean Bill Watterson was always like one of the people that I I don't know. I don't I don't know how you skip that <laughs> i think um yes that's for sure i mean i think uh pogo i've been getting into some of the older stuff um some of the you know like i, I think for me a lot of this stuff is is new but i think um berkeley breathes some of the some of the dunesbury stuff like i think that you know when i when i think of the stuff that's really influenced me it's those things with very you know very strange characters very particular worldviews you know the far side um those sort of like yeah. it was the shit that like my family really cared about growing up like i mean calvin and hobbes gave us sort of a a family language you know like we still joke about that we still you know you st- you still you know, have a worldview through you know what bill waterson gave you in that space and i think um you know far the far side just that that sensibility with animals and everything else i mean so much for me that brought me you know that brought me close to my family that was like you know something that we all grew up you know reading on you know especially on sundays and just sort of really developed you know much like monty python and other sort of cultural markers for my family like stuff that stuff that was sort of our shared comedic space and it was like super important you know like there's not there's not that many other things you can point to that do that um so i've just always i've always liked that aspect of them even if i'm sort of like you know sort of still trying to find out where i fit into it like my mother-in-law reads this like every like my family reads this like and i think that's like that's cool for me like that's like that's how i want to connect with people to a certain you know it's like to a real major degree and so it's like it's kind of fun to be able to access that space with my family and sort of I don't know. People didn't give a shit about what I was, you know, it's hard to give a shit about some of the beer writing and some of the, um, you know, some of the other stuff I was doing before that. It's just, this is sort of fun for me to be able to connect with people. So I think I've always really liked those weird, weird viewpoint, great characters, just a very particular way of like seeing this very fucked up existence that we're all sort of subjected to. And like (laughs) a very particular way of like working through that. I I actually think that's wonderful that um, you mentioned your, your shared, um, I guess your shared comic experience with the family. So does producing massive potions almost feel like you're kind of continuing that? I mean, you said that your family reads the comic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I think it's, it's, 
<laughs> I think a couple, I think a couple of them are annoyed at me that it's as like complicated and weird as it is. But I, I think it is partly that. I think it's like what's. I think it's partly to. Exp- I think it's that like desire to express yourself genuinely. I think you know, and 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 in whatever particular way I'm trying to do here, and like I think that requires me being able to give this to my mom or my dad or or my mother-in-law or like any of this and like you know have them get it at least get it a little bit like i think that's you know you want that communication to come across so i think that's like i think that's kind of built into the venture even though i'm i'm still getting the hang of it even if even if maybe the um some of the characters or maybe the setting is a little bit um maybe maybe not everybody gets it is the best way to put it would you say that your family is still pretty supportive? I mean, they have to be impressed that you're taking the time to write this and that you essentially taught yourself how to how to cartoon and illustrate in order to to make this happen. So, would you say that in general they've been very like supportive of you doing this? I mean, they've already had to see me be a beer writer, so I think they're pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty okay. they're pretty adjusted to this shit at this point. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I had I had like a. And I was in school. I had my, I would have had my science degree and I would have been all like settled and stuff. But like, you know, I switched to do beer writing and sort of figured out how to make that work. And like my family's always been, you know, super cool with it. I don't think they get it. I don't think they necessarily, they do get it to a huge degree, but I don't think they, they don't always necessarily understand why I'm like sort of moving down this path. But like they know there's not another path for me and they sort of have always been just super kind about it. Like yeah. they know there's not. Like there's nothing else. Like it's this. <laughs> so they yeah. think they've just kind of been great about it. Yeah, I find that the the parents maybe they don't always get what you're doing, but they they love you and they they want to see you be happy, and so they tend to support you anyway. Like, oh, you're I don't understand the talking cat, or why does everybody have antenna? But and why is Zoe's <laughs> hair always floating? It's like right. she's in zero gravity, but but. It's a ri- but Ken, I really like your comic. It's a really, it's so great that you're doing this. Thank you. Do you feel like that's kind of the response you get, or, <laughs> or should I just call you every Sunday and be like, Ken, I love your comic? I mean, look, that can't hurt. But uh, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, I think like I, I was just out in, I, don't know, I was just out in Denver. Uh, I got to hang out with a bunch of my, my my beer writer folks and people that I know, and I think it was just, you know, I got to hear from them that they they sort of see that I'm taking a chance with this. They see that I'm trying really hard to be brave with this, trying, you know, that, that access, that vulnerability to hit this sort of fictional space. And they, I think they get it. They know my family knows, like they know that I'm sort of trying to make this work. And I think everybody's, I don't know, everybody's kind of had my back on it. Like, and I think I'm just trying not to fuck it up too bad and get a little bit better every week. That's sort of been the exchange. So <laughs> I think what you ought to do is just start a really shitty podcast where you say cock a lot. And then no matter what you do after that, your mother will be like, this is so much better than that fucking podcast you used to do. Because I tell you what, uh, I can't get my parents to listen to this shit. I've already said cock too much this episode. They won't They won't touch it. My mom won't touch it. She says, I want to support you, but I can't listen to that show. I'll try to get my family to re- listen to your podcast then because that's uh, <laughs> that's the best I got. <laughs> and they and they like they like that. They're, they love cursing, so they're, they're pretty good with that. Good for them. I'll say hi, Mama Weaver. Hi, Papa Weaver. Now, <laughs> and also let me know what it's going to take to uh, how much I'm going to have to grease the wheel in order to get a uh, shit happens when you party naked sticker. Just kind of subtly added to one of the panels. That would be that would be so that would be cool. great if uh, the characters in the comic also listen to the podcast. Just, uh, just make a little note here. Make a little note. Who knows? Who knows? Although they have a rule about no shitheads, I kind of feel like they wouldn't let us in. We're kind of shitheads. I mean, I think I don't think we'd have much of a staff if we weren't allowed to have shitheads in the in the brewery. So I think we're we, we, we're a little lax on that. I think you're good. <laughs> good deal. Well, I want to encourage everybody again to please hit up massivepotions.com to please search for Massive Potions on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go to the website. You can sign up for the mailing list there so that you will get your a uh, weekly email every Wednesday and um, stay abreast of all of the, the weekly uh, comics that are published by Mr. Weaver here. Thank you folks for having me. It's been a pleasure, pleasure chatting with you. Appreciate it. I, I really appreciate you coming on and talk to me. I've been a big fan of the comic um, pretty much all year. So I thought, man, I got to talk to this guy about this crazy comic. Cause I just, <laughs> as kooky as it is, I love it. I appreciate that. It's trying to find that, that, that just right gear. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> appreciate you. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you along for the ride. I want to see what the other brewing trials are about. I'm I'm at the edge of my seat here. <laughs>
Yeah, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully we can talk to you again in the future. Sounds good. All righty. Thank you very much, sir. Bye, Ken. (laughs) Folks, take care. Everybody. That was our friend Ken Weaver, our new friend Ken Weaver, our new buddy. We like him. We like him a lot. I actually really, I dig his comic. It's not, I asked him to be on the show, not for any any, uh, ulterior motive. I'm not trying to. I mean, I'm sort of trying to get a little exposure through him as well, a little bit of the the crossing over, as maybe, you will. Maybe you'll be in one of his comics. You know, I am hoping at some point. Uh, maybe I'll fun. I'll send him some stickers and he can scan them. I'm hoping at one point we'll make a we'll make a quick cameo as a bar sticker or something That'd be like awesome. that. Um, but I like his art style. It's very um, the colors are very saturated. It's very kind of psychedelic. Obviously, it's a very quirky storyline. So. Um, it may be hit or miss for some folks, but I think it's very engaging, very enjoyable. He puts it out there every single week. There's a new comic, um, and it's free. I mean, it's on his Instagram. It's on his Twitter. It's on his Facebook. It's on his website, MassivePotions.com. You guys can go to MassivePotions.com, sign up for the email newsletter, and you'll even get an email once a week with the new comic as well as some other fun stuff, beer reviews, because he's a beer reviewer. So he'll talk a little bit about local craft beers that you might want to check out. So if we got any crafties listening to this, that's the web comic for you. Also, sign up for the newsletter and check out some of the beers that he is reviewing and telling you guys all about. Uh, Ken is an awesome dude, and hopefully he'll come back on the show at some point in the future. We can talk about the crazy plot twists with the brewery trials that they're undergoing now and you can find us on facebook as well shit happens when you party naked you can tweet us at s-h-w-y-p-n that's the initials for shit happens when you party naked you can find us on twitter you can tweet me silly shit i tweet silly shit every day so uh link up with us send us an email jason.almy a-l-m-e at teamalmy.com so you can shoot us an email, tell me um, how bad I suck or that I'm being an idiot. And um, check us out at teamalmy.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Google. Hell, if you're listening to this right now, you already know where to find us. Check out our other NSFW crew members, Hood Diner, Bickerbots, Hashtag No Offense, Just the Tips Memoir, Simmons and More, Podcast, Sip and Swear, These Drunk Bitches, Team Almy. Is all on us, yo. You got any other closing thoughts, wifey? Oh, I love you, baby. And I love everybody listening. Yeah, thank you I guys for you listening. Yeah, we love all you people. We want to give you all a really Big gross. Uh, tell your friends about this stupid fucking podcast. We love y'all. Bye. Peace. I'm rising out the ashes, here way that comes my face. Zencaster, there's something for me to rant about in this episode. I could fucking go off on some fucking Zencaster. Turn the rage, grab a rapper by his head and spread him up like a page. I'm amazing, like yay was on 808s and heartbreaks. So my ex cry when I make it.